Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going well, Shay. I'm excited for this episode. We had a a long behind the scenes, a long build up off the off the podcast, uh, kind of prepping for this episode. I think we have a lot of fun things to say. We just got to make sure that we say all the stuff though yes. on the podcast because we do yes. run into situations sometimes where we go so in depth on behind the scenes. We're like, oh, we've already covered it. So we don't really, we forget to talk about on the main podcast. But to that point, behind the scenes is another full episode. If you ever want to listen to Henry and I talk about Apex and other stuff more. But on that note, we got a fun episode today, kind of covering the latest news in Apex Legends and talking about some negative press out there surrounding Apex right now, sharing our thoughts and feedback on it. Before we dive into the show, though, if you want a question answered on the podcast, ask it in our Discord channel, Meant for Questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also drop it a follow on Twitter, at Kirkrudoche and at HB Person. Links for those are in the description. Henry, I know you're going to do the Patreon plug, which is fantastic. I do want to throw in here, I saw that there was a tournament being organized in our Discord. We talked about it last week. Jump in there if you want to play in private lobbies. If our community keeps doing it, so cool to see. Um, add us also, because I'll happily jump into a tournament if it's someone in our Discord is organizing it. So it's yeah. to say it. For sure. I was just going to pick that up on that same exact subject and say, we're working on our plan for private lobbies, tournaments, invitationals, leagues. We don't have all the details finished, but it's definitely a priority. It's something that we would like to do. At this point, our biggest holdup is what do we do on the content side? Um, Streaming (laughs) is just so technically challenging for us, but if we can figure that out in a cost-effective way, in a reasonable way, we would both love to do a lot more tournaments than what we're currently doing, which is about every other month or month and a half. So we'd love to do some more. We have a lot of big ideas. We just need to overcome some of the technical challenges. Yeah, if we if anyone wants to be like a live producer for the third party tournaments, applications that we haven't been asking for are officially open. So DM us, hit us up on Discord. Always happy to chat. But yeah, it'd be a blast. With that though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news: the new split is live. Henry, Olympus is back. We're back. Former masters on yeah. Olympus, absolute pros. Speak to the audience. What are you hyped about having Olympus back? Maybe some favorite things about the map, least favorite things about the map. We might do like a breakdown uh, in a few weeks or something, but mm-hmm. just some thoughts right now. My thoughts are it's not even my favorite map. <laughs> so, like, where'd you rank it on your tier list? I, I don't remember off the top low. of my head. <laughs> low. I mean, now that we have five maps, it's probably in my bottom two. So I don't know. I I think that it's a challenging ranked map. The the team comp that we recommended and were successful with is not our normal team comp. So you really have to adapt to Olympus. It's not 
like classic World's Edge, Broken Moon. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty straight up and down gameplay. It's a lot different. Um, I do kind of miss the Tridents because we were just using them like to the maximum and nobody else was, you know, like the way that we play ranked, I feel like in our lobbies is so underutilized. Like nobody is using the Tridents to rotate. Nobody's using the survey beacon. And so every time we do either of those things, pretty much uncontested. Nobody's trying to steal our car. Nobody's trying to shoot at our car. Nobody's going to meet us at that, you know, second ring survey beacon location. So in some ways, it's an easy map considering our, our past success, but the gameplay is so different from everything else and what everything that I normally like. So I'm not necessarily excited, but it is a change of pace. So I guess I can be happy for that. <laughs> that that's very fair. I, I mean, I think it's a new map. It's always fun to play a new map and have a new split. Well, not a new map, but a returning new map. Um, yeah, Olympus isn't design-wise one of our favorites, but it's still a good map. It's beautiful, so I'm a fan of it from that perspective. Have success with the playstyle, so I'm a fan from that perspective as well. And yeah, I think just the least favorite thing is never has felt like a great pubs map, honestly. Everything kind of funneling all towards Hammond in that one area. So I'm excited that it's back in rotation and playing it, but I will miss Broken Moon, to say the least. I will too. What was our team comp? Crypto Watson Gibby. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's And then we started playing the Preds that just destroyed Watson with Gibby. So that didn't work very well. Um, yeah. For the record, I've never done that. I'm a Gibby <laughs> main. I've never seen a Watson and said, that's I'm going to use that's my like bubble to just destroy their fences. That's just so weird. I never even works. find myself in a position where I want to do that. It's just, and it happened every <laughs> game. Yeah, pretty much the same like same teams of Preds too on repeat. So, yeah, we were getting run. I guess Uh, we're back. Let's go do it again. We do it again. Run it back on (laughs) right after we record. Oh goodness. Okay. Next piece of news though, we got some Apex skin drama coming to the game. Uh, So to celebrate the third birthday of Apex Legends, back in the day, Respawn had creators design skins to be put into the game. Uh, recently in a patch, one creator, Lulu Lovely, had a blurb added to her skin, essentially crediting her that she inspired the skin. Unfortunately, the team at Respawn spelled Lulu's name wrong and did not add these blurbs to all the other skins inspired by creators and caught a pretty good amount of backlash for this. Um, Josh Medina from Respawn took to Twitter, apologizing for the mistake, taking credit for it, and saying creators and artists will be credited in blurbs very soon. So, let's say quick response obviously never a great look to you know make a public typo uh but i think more was the other creators not getting the credits either that was a little odd from my perspective reading through this when I had yeah it. it was a little bit of a goof it seemed like and that it wasn't intended to go out it, it wasn't ready obviously so it was a goof but i think even though this caught the attention what i felt like was the bigger story way back when these skins were released beginning of last year was there wasn't a revenue share Mm -hmm. like and 
it seemed like some of the creators had thought that there was going to be and had conversations with people that respawned, but then EA either rushed it or canceled that or changed it. It, it seemed unclear. There was kind of some conflicting uh, stories. But yeah, seems like this is a small goof that it's going to be rectified. And I'm really glad because I think Lulu's skin is probably one of the best R301 skins. And then the gaming merchant's uh, Cheerio Rampage skin is one of my personal favorites. So it was a really cool thing that Apex did. I'm excited for now, a year later, for mm-hmm. there to be proper credit in the game. Very well said. Um, next piece of news, though, we got some secret balancing changes with the last patch that we need to go over. Um, one, we talked about a little bit on the last show, but a Horizon nerf was released in the split that has now been reverted. Uh, Josh Medina took to Twitter to comment on the announcement, stating, quote, sometimes things escape that aren't fully ready for prime time, especially with the ALGS coming up. So Horizon nerf came out, obviously, prematurely. Um, Interesting note that they don't want it pushed out now because of the ALGS directly, which kind of shows that they are thinking about the esports scene when we're going through balancing changes and stuff. And we've talked about it previously, but balancing changes, new legends, new maps are a really big deal for the comp scene in Apex. It takes players a long time to adjust. And so if you're doing stuff that impacts whatever the meta is, it's going to take time to shift that and find what the new meta is so i thought this was kind of interesting to you know we've known this but really get it exactly from the team yeah what i felt like was really shocking about the whole horizon tactical nerf like fiasco was at the highest levels of ranked diamond masters pred she was still number one Mm -hmm. like and at a very high pick rate like 15 percent which is really, really high for a, for a legacy legend who isn't just a new release. So I was shocked that there wasn't a faster reaction. Um, but the other thing that is definitely random and unrelated to this subject is the fact that Pathfinder is so popular as well right now. Like this mm-hmm. whole season, Pathfinder has just been so powerful and popular that I'm really curious to see, now that we're going to split two, will we continue to see Horizon and Pathfinder dominate the top two, um, at least in the the higher levels of ranked? See where the meta falls. It'll be interesting, for sure. I wonder if we'll see any of like a early adjustment to Horizon of people saying, like, we know that she's getting nerfed, so let's just get ahead of it and adjust play styles accordingly now. We very well might not, and... You know, nerfs are always unpredictable, I think, in terms of how they actually impact it. To your point of, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't see a big immediate reaction on Horizon. So who knows? But it'll be interesting when or if we fully get this in the patch notes in the future and the explanations behind it as well. Um, other changes players can infinitely charge the Sentinel for free if they have gold armor now with the changes to the Sentinel. One of the most random but coolest things I feel like we have in Apex is that, and I'll read the second one as well. We can talk about both, but Watson now has two nodes off drop instead of four. So little sneaky nerf to our gal Watson off drop 
which is just random when we get stuff like this. It's not in the patch notes, but obviously the Horizon one was a mistake. We have yet to see if these other ones were mistakes. It seems like they aren't. So thoughts on Watson and uh, Infinite Sentinel charges. I wouldn't be surprised if they're both addressed and changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't really know. They they seem so weird. Um, the the Sentinel combo with the gold armor, especially now that it's free to pretty much have an infinitely charged. I don't think that could stay in the game, like reasonably. But maybe it does. Who knows? I think this has definitely been a really odd collection event drop in terms of updates and patch notes and random drama that just kind of seems unrelated yeah yeah it definitely was a it was a weird one it, it was not the smoothest nothing like super bad either no no just no. kind of just wasn't the smoothest weird release. yeah that's that's i think what we can we can say about it so yeah next piece of news kind of some interesting stuff um ign posted an article about apex recently talking about the state of the game titled it apex legends content droughts is a big problem um, this was written by the author, who I am now blanking on the name, Stella Chung, who's been in the Apex scene for a very long time, casting, commentating, interviewing. She's been around the block with Apex. Um, I'm going to kind of read some key points and summaries from this article, and then we can talk about it. I think we're, we're talking about today because IGN is the biggest news gaming outlet. And so when something like this comes out on IGN, a lot of people see it. It's a big deal. Um, and we kind of want to speak to, you know, where, where do we agree? Where do we disagree with the stuff that's being said in this article? Um, but essentially, this article pointed to Apex content between seasons not being exciting enough and getting stale. The writer states that the community and themselves want something new, like permanent game modes was an example thrown out. The article goes on to say that servers continue to be an issue for Apex and that getting disconnected from matches has been a recurring problem, especially after major season updates when there are big game changes like new maps, guns, or legends. And it was further stated that the community would love open communication about updates and the situation. The author also noted that doing something like taking servers down for a day or two to fix them is something that the community has asked for on repeat and would be happy to kind of see support. Um, the claims essentially of the content drought being a big problem are supported by the author stating that, quote, according to SteamDB, Twitch viewers dropped heavily from November 21st peak at 285,000 to a steady decline to a low of 83,000 on December 19th. That's a huge 70% drop. The player base also dropped 12% from 413k on Steam to 360k during this time frame as well, which was between content updates. Article further went on to state that major Apex streamers like Lula Lovely have switched to other games, and that's potentially a sign of this content drought being a problem. And the article ends with the author stating, quote, I also took a break, though a shorter one, from Apex for a month to play Warzone, which was a nice vacation, but for me, nothing comes close to Apex's movement and gunplay. I love Apex and its core game, but the lack of updates will be its downfall unless it's addressed and fast. Apex Season 16 is set to launch sometime in early February. And since the holiday season is over, we may get more updates to the game. I certainly hope so, because while I love the game and want to see it continue to succeed, if nothing changes, I'll have to shift my main FPS focus elsewhere. So, a bit of a negative article, obviously, about Apex and the state of it. Um, Henry and I, being, I think, data guys, kind of dove into this and wanted to look at things. 
Henry, I'll let you kind of share your initial opinions and then I'll speak to it. And I don't want this to come off as like us just kind of hating on the article by any means because there's good points mentioned in this as well. Yeah. Um, it was a hit piece. <laughs> and I fundamentally disagree with the premise of the whole article. Um, I'll just get that one hey out of the way. Then no, we good. can be objective, Shay. But <laughs> the, the premise is that Apex is no longer popular, and it is because of a content drought. Well, there's a lot that we can look at. Um, there's references in the article to the Twitch viewership and the Steam concurrent player count. Well, one of the things to consider in kind of talking about Apex and Q4 is traditionally this is the weakest quarter for Apex Legends. This is when all the AAA games release for free to play Battle Royale. It isn't a good time to compete, invest resources, because once everybody stops playing that new game that they bought, that next spring, they come back to Apex. And that's when Apex traditionally every single year has come out with their main content all the way back to the release of Apex Legends. So like historically, looking at Apex under a magnifying glass during December probably isn't going to tell you a whole lot about the true health of the game. The biggest part, and we'll try to keep this brief, but the biggest part <laughs> where I just think it's ridiculous that this wasn't highlighted and really the, the whole premise of the article is Overwatch 2, Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2, all released. Season 15 of Apex had a ton of competition. And it still did really, really good. <laughs> like I am personally blown away by how popular Apex is today because I was expecting it would take a lot steeper of a dip considering those releases. Um, in the article, you know, they mention a, a 12% decrease uh, in the time frame from peak season 15 release and December 19th. That's nothing. Like, in my perspective, that's an absolute like drop in the bucket um, is really irrelevant to me it just seems like wow apex is wildly popular even though it has major competition this is historically the lowest quarter or the lowest season of the year and we had proud statements from the developers saying you know what don't expect a lot this season mm -hmm. we're not gonna come out with a whole lot of content but just wait for for season 16 because it's gonna be amazing so nobody should be surprised is kind of my my thing. And I think instead of, you know, going at Apex and saying, if we don't get more content and you don't fix the servers, we're all quitting. Well, let's just look at how good Apex is doing considering the whole like ecosystem. I'm impressed. Yeah, uh, that's very well said, Henry, from top to bottom. I think like and this is what I want to be clear on. Like there's points in this article that are true. Like I would love as a fan of the game, as a player of the game for there to be more communication from developers. I'm totally open to the idea of taking downtime to fix servers. I would love for there to be more content. I'd love permanent game modes. That kind of stuff is fantastic. 
the gaps in that for me have not been the thing that ever pushed me away from Apex to take temporary breaks and just haven't seemed to overall have that effect on the community. I think if anything, to your point, we actually did get communication from the developers that this wasn't going to be a huge season of content for balancing Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And we were surprised to hear that. We were actually shocked. And now the doing that, the pressure is on for next season more than ever before. And we're going to talk about that at length, I'm sure, when the time comes. Um, But yeah, I think overall, you know, you look at what this article is written about and you know it was definitely a kind of a negative set tone towards apex legends which people are totally inclined to have their own opinions i think sometimes i know i personally suffer from it. i'm a huge nba lakers fan i love lakers twitter lakers twitter is the most negative portion of social media i can imagine if i had all my beliefs from twitter that team would have never won a basketball game. It would be the most worst-run franchise of all time. I say that to kind of illustrate that I think when we look at look towards social media, when we look towards Twitter and Reddit as kind of like the ways to gauge the overall state of the community, it, I don't think we get the true opinions of everyone. We get opinions of people that are longtime fans of the game, have been playing for forever, probably are naturally experiencing some burnout, and just generally, people that are willing to negatively express their opinion. It's the vocal minority for a reason. I say all this just to state that I think when I look at the overall health of the game, we're in a good spot. To your point, Henry, Overwatch 2, MW2, Warzone 2, big heavy hitters released at this time. And because of that, this current season of Apex did not experience a huge boost in viewership at the start of a season from what we're used to expecting but within the context of q4 december holiday season we were kind of expecting to not it to for it to not be a huge boost so it's not a huge shock to me looking at it from that perspective and so my disappointment's not there at least i think we are seeing the game continue to bounce back you know we look at the on steam charts last 30 day numbers we're climbing back up to 182,000 average players over the last 30 days we're obviously peaking right now more than ever before this season. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the game continues to kind of climb back up. Or if we have a poor launch of next season, if we continue to see players drop in the future. But at the end of the day, title of this episode is Does Player Count Matter? Well, the player count of Apex Legends is still very high right now and trending in the correct direction. And from our opinions, player count is how you measure the health of a game. I would love to say that Twitch is a huge impact on the health of a video game overall. And I think there's, Henry and I both work in influencer marketing. We strongly believe in the value of content creators and the value of Twitch streamers. And I think having a healthy audience and community on Twitch is an important aspect of your game, but it's not the end all be all. At the end of the day, if people are playing your game, you make money. And so that's a healthy game. Um, Maybe we're too business-minded from that perspective, but I think overall we're in a pretty good spot. I was disappointed to see you know, such a negative piece come from a very high-valued company. I think, there's, I think there's a lot of things to be frustrated with with Apex Legends holistically as a game. I'm not sure this was where we should target that kind of content, though. Yeah. 
don't come at Apex. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm just the biggest fan of the game. There's nothing else that I would rather play for this long. Um, like it's not even close. Never, never have Shay and I ever considered starting a Warzone podcast or a no. Fortnite podcast or a PUBG podcast. Like there's Ghost nothing Recon, that though. comes close to Apex. <laughs> it's so good. But even that love of the game, I am so shocked by its success in 2022. Like recently this month, we kind of did some recaps of some highlights over 2022. And I just look at season 14, Vantage, a sniper legend. So niche. I, I think she has a really fun play style, mm-hmm. but she's never going to be a super popular legend. And we had a rank split on King's Canyon. Traditionally, everybody's most disliked map, personal yeah. favorite of mine. But traditionally, I was like, wow, get worried because this could be a very, very unpopular season. And guess what? Most popular season of all time. Mm-hmm. Broke every single record. Twitch, Steam, crazy. Now, last 30 days, we have a higher peak and a average, higher average player count in the last 30 days compared to the release of season 14. So everything's trending really good. And that's why, you know, we had to go over this article because. Not only do we feel a responsibility to defend the Apex IP of uh, you know the third party, but it's a baseless, baseless article. You know, Apex is not in dire need of content or server updates. Like things are really, really good, better than I would have ever expected as a student and a fan of the game. It, it's it blows my mind, honestly. And I mean, for the people that play tons of Apex every single day, the streamers, the content creators, I think, you know, we're seeing some people leave the game. Burnout is 100% a normal thing in gaming. It's a normal thing in content creation from what we've kind of seen and studied over this time. And so I don't see that as a major surprise. And this is, while there hasn't been a ton of content this season, we got a brand new map. And it's been a good season still. And, you know, we are in the long, we had the longest split to date of the season, moving up, leading up to the split two. And so I think it does make sense that the people that can quickly grind into Masters and Pred, maybe we're feeling it a bit more than others and wanted to step away and try different things. That's not something abnormal to me. Um, but I think when you overall still just look at the average player, the average player still seems to be enjoying Apex a good amount. And that, that's what I think matters at the end of the day. Uh, I'd love to say content creators are the end-all be-all, but it's the person that comes home after work and plays video games for two hours. What game do they decide to play? A lot of them are still deciding to play Apex Legends, even after everything that's kind of going on. So I know we have a lot of that audience and demographic listen to this pod right now we appreciate you all for the support and henry and i are in a very fortunate situation we recognize that and i don't want people to i I guess it frustrates me sometimes when people say oh you guys are just never say anything negative about apex legends we've had some episodes where we go in on things that are going on down and so we try to we, we time it when we do truly believe it and i think overall we're just in a pretty good happy spot with apex it helps that we talk about it once a week and that's our only time creating content besides that we 
get to just play the game when we want to. So I think we're we're in a good spot from a content creation standpoint to not get that burnout. And because of that, I think we sometimes get to look at things from a more bird's eye perspective. Uh, totally. Than, than the other creators out there. So I said my piece on the topic. That's what I have to share on this. Is there anything else you want to talk about when we uh, talk about Apex, the state of it, player count, MW2 numbers, all that kind of fun stuff? Another, I guess, final thought is the reason that we wanted to talk about this was this article is getting a lot of traction on Reddit and Twitter. And I don't think what we talked about today is going to get out there. And so I think if this resonated with you, share it with somebody, talk about this, you know, spread the message of the fact that Apex is in a healthy spot. Like, we, let's not just get all emotional about how, you know, we want more content or the game's going to die because the reality is it isn't. And if you love Apex and you play it every day, try to keep it positive. That's what we feel. I think there's the there's the connotation the grass is always greener, right? Definitely. That's that's the thought for sure and there's great things about each video game out there, but Warzone 2 is not having the success people expected. I'm a huge Call of Duty fan. I don't play Warzone because of just the nature of the gameplay. MW2 doesn't have ranked still, and so I'm not playing because of that either. And I think there's just no game is perfect. Every game has its flaws. Yeah, Apex servers go down sometimes. Yeah, we get content lulls sometimes. But I, I think, you know, outside of comparing the game directly to Fortnite, who is, I think can be fairly said is kind of like the top dog in terms of who has set the precedent for this decade of gaming, I think Apex is in a very healthy, healthy spot. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we're going to wrap this show up, though, by answering it couple of questions we got one five-star question coming from it's a me mario question i really enjoy listening to your podcast you guys give great insight into the game we all know and love apex legends two questions what are your consistent go-to movement texts and which star wars movie is the best thank you guys for the awesome content i hope you guys have a great rest of your day henry Two really tough good ones. Questions. Tough questions. I like them. M- movement tech to start, though. Yeah, movement tech. As a Gibby main, there's not a whole lot of movement tech, but crouch spam is the number one. You know, I don't think that you should be trying to strafe or jump a lot with Gibby. So being able to make yourself small, crouch spam, that's my go-to. Um, I guess you want to talk movement tech, and then we can no, yeah, really just, get into it. Yeah, I mean... The- no, just general stuff, strafing back and forth. I'm not going to say tap strafing or anything like that because we're on controller. No. We don't do that stuff. So crouch spamming is uh, the number one for me. I throw in a wall bounce here and there, but that's when I'm really feeling myself. So I won't say it's a go-to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Star Wars, though. Best Star Wars Star Wars movie. Wars movie. Okay. Um, Everybody knows what it is, right? Rise of Skywalker. No. Just joking. Just kidding for anyone that just I don't turned the podcast address, off. <laughs> I really like I don't address the sequels at all. But the thing that I think is sad about that is if you grew up in the sequels generation, you probably like them a lot more. Yeah. But they're so horrible that I'm not gonna <laughs> like because a lot of people that grew up with the original trilogy, they think the prequels are horrible. Yeah, but true. I think the sequels are so far gone 
that I I really can't even address them. The prequels did age semi-well, though, I will say. They age really well, yeah. I think the audience has come to appreciate the prequels. But if you're picking a favorite, I'm saying one. And then we can talk about your maybe top three. But if you only get to pick one, gun to your head. And you have to watch it on repeat. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, if you're sitting down and you're saying, I have time for one Star Wars movie this year, which one are you turning on? So it's easy for me. Okay. But I'm going to get clowned. You're going to say because it's probably in the top two worst ones, I think. Oh. But Attack of the Clones is my favorite. Um, It's heat. It's heat. And it gets so much flack for being this like romantic drama weird <laughs> i hate sand but the dialogue for me, has its struggles it's pretty much peak obi-wan i think and i really like his character even though he has the mullet and i love clones so it's i, I think it's really good the reason that three or revenge of the sith doesn't edge it out is it's so sad like it's just yeah. it's too sad for me and i was watching that kid i was watching that movie as a kid and it was just too traumatic <laughs> to see all the kids die and yeah. see anakin fall and choke out padme I, I just i can't say that's my favorite because of just how sad it is i i hear you I am a Revenge of the Sith is my favorite, though. And I think that's a popular take. It's probably a popular it's take for overall, sure. Overall, probably the best. I am a massive Attack of the Clones fan as well. I don't want that to be swept under the rug by any means. You and I know we're the weirdos that we sit down and watch Attack of the Clones most of the time. I think Revenge of the Sith, it hurts, breaks my heart. Order 66 is, as a huge clone fan, maybe the hardest thing to watch. But... I think at the end of the day, the sab- the lightsaber fight between Obi and Anakin is just so peak. It mm-hmm. is the epitome of Star Wars for me. It's the longest sword fight in movie history, right? It's incredible. I don't know like, the exact. I don't I'm know pretty if sure that's record breaking, but it's it's legit. So that's my go-to. I'll let you. How about give me give me the top three then? Give me the top three movies, and then we can. We can keep this rolling. It probably goes Attack of the Clones mm, in no particular order, number two and three. But Revenge of the Sith is definitely in my top three. And then Rogue One. Like Okay, yeah. Uh, spicy, spicy, but I was going to say the same thing. I was going to, I'm Revenge <sighs> of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and Rogue One. Those are, yeah. in that order, are my favorites as well. And I will say, I'm a huge prequel fan. I think the OGs are also just fantastic and are I probably watch all three of those in order before I watch the first three in order, if that makes sense. But I think my individual yeah. favorites have I've got some more love for Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. Totally. Animated Good the best, though. Clone Wars. What yeah, don't get us started. Don't Rogue get us started. Tales of the Jedi is the best Star Wars content out there. Henry needs to watch Star Wars Rebels and prep for Ahsoka, by the way. Mandalorian next season three comes out on March 1st. The trailer is hype. Okay. Next question. Next question (laughs) coming from Pineapple Pete. Hey, just wanted to say that I love this podcast and it gives me something to think about when I'm doing work. My question is I'm struggling to hit my shots on M and K. 
and I'm pretty good on console. Any tips on how to get better on MNK? I have been on console for about three years and only switched to MNK about a month ago. Also, what are your thoughts on the state of the servers? I've been getting a ton of crashes and boots to the menu. Also, random freezes in the lobby. Maybe it's just me, but it's really annoying. Thank you for your time and keep up the pod. I am now realizing I didn't know that I was throwing an MNK question into this uh, episode, <laughs> but um, state of the servers, it was kind of a rough uh, mid-season patch from a server server health standpoint. Lots of crashes early on. I'm not experiencing anything anymore, though. It's probably maybe like two days that it was kind of mm-hmm. like a little rough and it seems to have bounced back. Um, so hopefully you're not still experiencing those. I know the question was from a couple of days ago, so it probably lines up. Um, M&K tips. I can't give you M&K tips. I play on a controller. Um, practice makes perfect. Aim labs. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I I think this last patch was one of the worst in a while in terms of like lag, freezes, crashes, but it wasn't that bad relative to things we've had in the past. And it only affected me once or twice and we were playing quite a lot. Um, and that's totally gone now. I think M and K, even though I can't speak to it, if you are struggling and not liking it and feeling like your aim is worse with the mouse than it is compared to the controller, oh man, I'd be kind of itching to go back to controller. Um, but if you're committed and you really want to do M and K, getting your DPI kind of locked in, dialed in, um, is going to be key because in theory, you just move that cursor right on their head and your aim <laughs> should improve. And so if that isn't happening, you're struggling. My biggest weakness is the keyboard. That's why I can't do it because my left hand is just not, not good enough. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that, that's my advice. I think that's fair. Yeah, good stuff. Last question come from Discord Sorrow Thunder. Is Mirage a good legend to play as? Henry, what do you think? What great timing for this question. <laughs> um, so Mirage used to be on the third party cover art. OG listeners probably remember this. Um, but he got removed. Okay. Uh, we got nothing but love for Mirage. Right now, Shay has been really doubling down on Mirage <laughs> gameplay. Um, the last time we talked about Mirage on the podcast was on our difficulty of the Legends. Yeah. And he was in the highest, most difficult Legends to play. So in terms of a good le- Legend to play as, hard to recommend purely off the fact that it's very challenging to provide value, to master his abilities um his play style is really unlike anyone else um and really almost like unlike any other game so you really have to get into the mirage headspace um mirage and lifeline are probably my my least favorite teammates in the game i think right now they make up the worst teammates as randoms but if you're an amazing mirage player like shay he can be very effective. So I'll let you speak to that. I mean, I think he's a he's a fun legend to play. If you're playing him, you just gotta you gotta lean into it. You you gotta ult every time you fight. You gotta throw as many decoys as possible. 
Anytime you can get people to put mags into something that's not you is a good use of abilities. So maximizing that, not hesitating to res with your invisibility is key. I mean, I think it's, we talk about Apex as a gun game and our recent ranked play is, a, I think, a testament to that because I've been playing a lot of Mirage. Henry and I are climbing slowly but surely despite Henry's desire to just lose to prove the point that Mirage sucks. Um, I, I remember I I, you threw some zeros up the other day, Henry. I, and I know that was directly because of Mirage oh, um, trying to prove a point. Uh, but I think uh, I think it just kind of shows that, hey, however straight you shoot is the most important thing and you can really make any legend work. He's not an easy one to make work though. Um, but I, I have fun with him. And if you're having fun playing Apex, that's the key. With any kind of time I play the video game, though, if you're playing and struggling, then you opt into the team comp that will help you most assist kind of your guns, essentially. So we've been thankfully not struggling lately. So I've been able to continue to play Mirage and Fuse. Right. For now. <laughs> For now. Yeah. I, Mirage is just the epitome of counterculture in Apex. Because yeah. you think about where's the value, what's the meta? Mobility, offense, defense, recon. Mirage's kit is somehow anti-Intel without really anything else. No mobility, no offense, no defense, no real recon ability. So you're, you're going against the grain playing Mirage, but if you can double down on it, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't recommend it, but that's what I'll say. That was fair. Uh, that's going to wrap up our show, though. Thanks so much to the third party community. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And thanks to our producer, the third party, 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple. Drop us a follow on Spotify and check out the Discord. It'll be the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.